chapter 4. Let's open our Bible. Now, I want to I be clear that I'm going to talk about something very fundamental. It's not going to be, uh, you know, the three-letter word. We're not going to hit sex. I know some of you guys are like, come on, Pastor, let's talk about sex, baby. You know, no, we're going to do it, but we're not going to go there first. We're going to talk about love. Uh, come on. Just as important as far as my mom told me. Oh, I won't go there. Love. First uh, John 4. We're going to start in 7. We're going to read some verses. Is that okay? Okay, three of you are okay with it. All right. Uh, I just got to, I hate electronics. Anybody else have that problem? Uh, okay, John chapter 4, and we're going to start in uh, verse 7. John says this, Beloved, let us love one another, right? Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Let us love one another. Yeah, guys, unfortunately, you have to love me. I have to love you. It's hard, I know, but... You know, Jesus left us with that commandment that should just ring in our ear, love one another. <laughs> you know, um, so beloved, let us love one another, for love is what from God. Who's love from? Okay, three, I got like a peanut gallery over here. So glad for you guys paying attention. Come on, come on. Up. John, John, yep. Yeah. I'm sure you were there somewhere, but I lost you in all the manhood. Uh, where is love from? God, yes. And whoever loves Let's put ourselves in that place. Let's put ourselves as the whoever's, right? Whoever loves is what? Been born of God and knows God. Wow. You know, I, you know, I think sometimes we kind of treat scripture like this is like something that our uh, Sunday school teacher tried to drill in us, you know, very fundamental, very kind of elementary verses. But yet think about what John is saying here. He's talking about our salvation, essentially. Yeah. He's talking about, listen, if you're saved, if you have faith, if you believe in Christ, then the fruit of that, the evidence of that, will be how you love. And if you don't love, you know, uh, well, you haven't been born of God. You haven't been regenerated. You haven't been saved. And you don't know God for what? God is love. And if you knew God, then you know love. Verse 8, anyone that does not love does not know God, because God is love. There again, just kind of um, echoing verse 7. Verse 9, and then in this love, excuse me, God was um, made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this love, not that we have loved, there's a lot of love going on, God, but that God sent his son as a sacrifice for our sin. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No, Siri, we don't want this. I'm still learning. So right out the door in John chapter 4, starting in verse 7, we have what? A command. And what is that command? We have an instruction. We have an obligation, don't we? And that is to what? Love one another. As sappy as it may sound this morning. I know you might want me to be a little bit more heavier, like in my revelatory, you know, revelation of love, but I'm not. It's very simple. Jesus, God, through the apostles, gives us this command. He gives us this charge to love one another. For love of God and the ability to love comes from God, right? John says, and he who loves knows God, and has been born of God. 
How do we know what love is? Well, does John not talk about it? You know, it's the gospel, isn't it? You know, we know love because what God did through Jesus, His Son. And so in this verse of uh, 1 John 4, 9, it says, In this, the love of God was made what? Known. It was made manifest among us, to us. That God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. So God's love was made known by Him sending Christ into the earth in Christ dying for our sins. And it's because of that that we know love. We know what it is or what it means to love because Christ says, go and love one another. Matter of fact, there is so much hinging on this four-letter word that it would shock us today if we found our hearts or our words in any way loveless. It would shock us. You think about John's opening statement right out the door. He says, listen, love, if you love, and if you love one another, it means You know God. You know that God is love. And then he goes on to say, anyone, anyone who chooses to love has been born of God. And then Jesus, what did he say? He said, listen, my command is that you would love one another so that they would know that I sent you. So not only do we have our own salvation online, but we have evangelism online, on the line. Meaning that people we'll see and they will see Christ in us in the way that we love, much like Wendy's brother did. But it's not easy, is it? I have come, you know, we've, we've been on this journey as a church for a short while and my love has been tested. I want, you know, I feel like Moses sometimes. God, kill him. <laughs> Swipe him out. I mean, I'm kidding, right? You're laughing, that's good. You know, but I feel like, God, come on. Either kill him or just deliver me. <laughs> It's not easy to love, and this is the best ground for love to be tested. Church, this is the best way that we can actually live out and be challenged in our love for one another. There's a lot at stake. I hope today that we take love seriously. I hope today that when we look at these passages and more that we'll look in today, that we're challenged to not be a loveless people, but to be a loving people. So in 1 John 4.10, he explains a little bit more in detail about Jesus and God and how he sent his son. It says this, In this love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a sacrifice for our sins. Just rehearsing. So God's love wasn't a response to It wasn't motivated. It wasn't prompted by something that we did. God loved us first. If you think about this, he sent us the flowers first. You know, he he sent us that note. Circle yes or no if you like me. No, I'm just joking. By sending his son. Two of you got it. Thank you for laughing. You know, I'm trying the best I can. You know, I really, I'm not a funny guy. But if I start making fun of myself, it really gets humorous. So hold on. I may just go there if I'm really desperate. Um, there's a lot of material, as you can see. I mean, I'm working with a lot. No. Um, <clears throat> so God's love wasn't motivated. It wasn't prompted by anything that we did. God loved us first. So God pursued us. He took the first step by sending his son to die for our sins. God's love 
is entirely, altogether different. It's out of the box, guys. It can't be easily defined nor explained. God loves us in a way that is so boundless. You know, it has no limits. And he proved this by sending his son. And you're going to hear that, or you're going to hear me say that a lot because I love the gospel. And I believe that there's some in here this morning that need the gospel, to need to hear what God did for you so that you can realize that he's not some stoic being uninvolved, uninterested up in heaven, but he's had your back from the day you were forward in your mother's womb. Let's turn to John, 1 John 3, 16 through 20. We're going to read some verses. Is this okay in a charismatic church? <laughs> some of you got that. Okay, 16. 1 John 3, 16. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. So again, we just, we're hearing this kind of all throughout 1 John, where we hear the gospel, we're reminded. I want to remind us today, I really do. I'm, I'm, I, I simply have nothing in, uh, deep or detailed to share with you, but just to remind you of the gospel and charge you with what Jesus charged us to do before he ascended. In 16, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives, what, for others. Come on, somebody. Let's read that again. By this we know love, that he, he being Jesus, laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down ours for one another. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in needs, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? And little children, let us love in word or talk. I'm sorry, let us love. Let us not love, excuse me, in word or talk, but in deed, in truth. And so right there, John calls us to action. Now I know we break out in hides when we think about doing things. You know, I, I, I see you guys when we try to get more volunteers, you know, to help set up and break down. It's like, oh my God, not by works, but by grace. You know, you know, we're so like, oh no. But love looks like something here according to the scripture, doesn't it? Yeah. Meaning we can't just have words. We can't just have language. Something needs to be done. Something needs to be expressed. You know, our talk is so cheap and we do a lot of it, guys. You know, I, I committed myself to about five years ago, because I, I really got into a funk of just not caring, unengaged, not interested. But I really made a choice to make my love not just a four-letter word in my marriage, with my son, with my friends. I, I really have tried to work on showing it in deed, in action, with actual putting myself in service or caring or doing something special for you know husbands how many of you guys can relate you know your wives you know they want you to take action guys if you're thinking about marriage you know if you're on on the cusp of getting married listen you can't just throw around the four-letter word the rest of your marriage you're going to actually have to buy flowers you're going to actually have to plan date night and, and, and get a little bit involved and invested believe me guys you know the honeymoon only lasts a little while you know, 10 years set, and it's like, honey, your breast stinks. You know, can you brush it? 
do something. I love you. I'm going to stick with you. But come on, buy me flowers. Take me out on a date. It only lasts so long. And this is the kind of action that God calls us to take in our relationships with one another. That we can't just throw around this little, you know, buzzword. I love you, man. Well, how do you love me? How, you know, that's great. My dad told me that. And he went to go get gas and never came back. Secret joke. Uh, <laughs> think about it. Hold on, just let it sit in. We can't just throw this word around. We need to take action. Love looks like something in the context, in relationship with one another, and honestly, guys, in our relationship with God. I love you, Jesus. Oh, yeah? Well, what does that look like? Just a word? Just something you throw up in a prayer meeting? Just something you throw up on a Sunday morning? Or is it something that you're actually taking action? You're doing, you're being obedient, you're, you're living that life that Christ called us to live. And so John, he pulls... He doesn't candy coat. He doesn't mince words. He simply just says, listen, you can't just tell people you love them. Love looks like something. You've got to take action, guys. We've got to take action. Man, it's my desire that Hilltop would be activated in the place of love. That when we have times of evangelism, that we don't just have three people there. You know, I mean, when we have times of prayer, when we have times of good works and serving our city and serving other churches and doing things, that we actually man up and we get there. And not just, yeah, man, I'm here because my wife made me or my girlfriend, you know, it's the only way I can marry her. But it's something that's real in our hearts. I'm sorry, I'm sorry I shouldn't have said that. I'm trying to be careful. I'm trying to be loving, but I meet with a lot of you. No, just kidding. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm, I don't communicate these things thinking that I'm perfected in it, guys. There's so many places in my life that need to be refined and need to be touched with the love of God. There's so many times in my marriage that I just throw, I love you, babe. Oh, yeah, did you hear the way you just talked to me two seconds ago? Not very loving. You know? But yet, listen, before you were husbands, before you were boyfriends and girlfriends, the Scripture called you to love one another. And that doesn't end just because you put a ring on it, you know? If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. You know, it doesn't end there, guys. It continues. As a matter of fact, it gets harder. Come on. Love, sex, and everything in between. Can I get a hallelujah? Come on. Some of you married couples, you know what I'm talking about. Love looks like something. Let's turn real quickly to Romans chapter 5. I'm sorry for the singing. It's, as you can see, I'm very cultured. You ask my wife who... I'm cultured. I mean, I'm pop culture, like I like bands, but... Um, my wife would be like, who's that? Like, Beyonce? Who is, who's Beyonce? Is that like a drink? <laughs> I'm like, no, honey, just, just don't say It's okay, babe. I love you. It's so precious. Romans 5. <laughs> you know, but there's, something, there's something precious about that. You've got to admit, somebody that's just not involved, invested, man, I, it's, that's why I put a ring on it, fellas. You know what I'm Okay, Romans 5, verse 6. 
for a while we were still weak. We, we know this scripture, right? We actually probably know all these scriptures. I mean, um, this is Paul speaking here in Romans chapter 5, verse 6. Romans chapter 5, verse 6. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even die, even to die. But God shows his love for us in that we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Right there we get in kind of a, uh, kind of a picture, an image of Christ's love. Like, who does that today? It's so hard for me to love the unlovable, you know? I don't come by it easy, easily, especially if I'm annoyed. How many are with me there? You're just like, you're getting under my skin. But Jesus tracked with somebody who was stealing from him, guys. Jesus tracked and probably loved, not probably, did, love Judas just as much as the rest of his disciples, fully knowing what his plan was and what was going to happen and knowing that Judas was stealing from him. But he kept his love on him. We see that, that Jesus died for us as sinners weak. I, I mean, you know, some of us are so impulsed by the, we're so repulsed by the weak. We're just like, oh, I, I don't know how to help you. I don't know what to do for you. You're scary. Like, I didn't gonna come over here, you know. I'll leave that to Pastor Daryl and Bethany. They'll deal with it. But that's not what the scripture calls us to do. You know, we got to follow the example of Christ. We have that example in Scripture. We have that example in the Gospels. There are no excuses, guys. There are no excuses. And it's in this manner that Christ calls us to do the same. We're to lay. Remember, Jesus said there is no greater love than this, than uh, uh, one who will lay down their life for their friends. Come on, where are you today laying down your life for somebody who needs it? Where are you today being inconvenienced uh, because somebody's a little bit squeaky? You know, so, you know, we always say in our house, the squeaky wheel. You know, we give our attention to the squeaky wheel. Let's go put some oil on that. Okay, it's all for here. Let's go over here. Let's put this fire out. Put that. But where are we being inconvenienced by love? Where we're like, okay, we're going to focus in. We're going to help this person. We're going to love this person. And hopefully we're going to love them through this mess. And it, and it is. It plays out. Listen, you're not going to die for your friend. Maybe some of you will. I don't know. But in a way, it is a death that happens. Yeah, right. Listen, being a pastor is not the most convenient thing. I got about 400 problems and your girlfriend ain't one. Is that, is that right, song? Got 99 problems and... Uh, no, 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 problem. Stop, okay. Listen, listen, I'm cool. Uh, you don't have to tell me I'm cool. But it's not easy, it's not convenient getting calls and texts throughout the night. Hey, this problem, that problem, this, this person's having this person, this person's imploding, this person needs help, that thing. That. But you know what? Love gets turned on inside of me. I'm going to do it, Jesus. I'm going to lay down. You know, I'm going I'm to kind of put that to the side. I'm going to die, track in, help, bring hope. Yeah. But you know what? The workload gets a little easier if we all start to live by those means, if we all start to develop that kind of heart. Come on. You can pastor people here. You can love people. You can get the text from maybe one or two people that you're help na helping, navigating from problems. But you know what? Some of us have our own problems, and we can't see how we could be used or how we could be needed 
for others. Now listen, I know that there's people who will take advantage of your love, but listen, Jesus was taken advantage of, friend. And if you keep on being like, oh, you know, that, that person just trying to use me, I get it. Listen, it's the hardest thing to discern. You want to discern. But you know what? Jesus, you don't see that in Jesus' life. And if there was anybody who was pulled on, it was Christ. If there's anyone who had... Who had was surrounded by thousands of people, had many, many problems, and pulled on in, in, in this direction and that. But you know what? He kept his love on. He helped. He helped, and he loved, and he loved well. And it's in this manner that Christ says, love one another. You know, fast forward and going a little bit ahead here, I think the reason that I am a Christian today is because of a love, a real Christ-like love that I saw in a young family when I was 18. If you track my life, I come from a very broken background, abusive background, family was not cool, not good, not very happy, not a good place to be. Um, 18, found the Lord, left my home, and Bethany's mom, no, she was not living there at the time, so let's just put that in there. Uh, Bethany's mom and her father took me in. They took me in. They took me out of a very chaotic, hostile environment. And what I saw in their home, it wasn't perfect. But you know what I saw was a loving family who loved me even past uh, some of my imperfections. And my, I'm, I'm newly saved. I have so many issues. I'm swearing. I'm doing this. I'm like, you know, cutting my nails, my toenails at the dinner table. No, just kidding. But, you know, it's like, oh, what is this? But they love me. And I really believe, all kidding aside, I really believe that's why I'm here today. Of course, Christ played a huge role in it. Huge, right? But you know what? I, how many are like me? I went to all the common concerts. I, had to, I probably answered like 50, 100 altar calls. You know, and nothing lasted. Nothing really stuck. Nothing really got me through until I saw it modeled in a family. <laughs> I was like, oh, and, and, and in the youth group that Pastor Marlene was pastoring, I saw it there, and it was so attractive. It so drew me in. I was just like, I want to know this. Like, how do you guys care for each other? Like, how do you love? Like, what is, I've never seen this. And my interest is, oh, I want to hang around. I'm going to church. I'm doing drugs. I'm going to church and doing drugs, but I want to go to church. <laughs> real and slowly God gripping my heart oh my I'm broken by this love like this family the way they interact the way they love the way that they talk to one another the way that they handle offense the way that they handle disputes listen you are going to have many opportunities to become offended in this church matter of fact some of you probably offended with me right now send me an email Okay? No, I don't want to talk to you after service. No, just, you know, listen, listen, it's okay. It's okay. I am that pastor, okay? I just, but, but you're going to have opportunities. Some of you here today have left churches because of offense. Because I can't believe what they did to me, unloving people. And some of that is right. Some of, you know, there's reasons to leave churches. I'm not saying that. But what is really the bond? What keeps us together as a church? 
is it a love or am I constantly being held up and measured by what I say, what I do? And if I say the right words that fit in your theology, fit here and that you get comfortable with, or is it because of love? Is it because of love today if your brother or your sister in Christ uh, chooses to challenge you in an area because they see some weakness and they see some things that could be corrected. Can you love through that kind of sharpness and that abrasiveness of saying, hey, listen, I see this brother. What do you think about that? No, no, I'm not hip. I, I'm, not the hip I'm not hip to you talking like that. I'm not down with that. You know, how, what's your reaction going to be when maybe somebody you're dating changes their mind? Come on, if we think along these terms, we were supposed to love one another before we were husbands and wives and boyfriends and girlfriends, right? So can we love? Can we keep? Listen, I've seen more churches destroyed by offense and, and lovely, not loving one another and caring for one another, being tender and working out through uh, misunderstandings. More churches have come to a, an end because of these things. It's a real, real, real thing in the body of Christ. And if you think we're not going to be challenged, if you think that we're not going to be tried in that area, you're wrong. We are. And we will be, and some of you already are. But what will be your response? Because God's not caring what's, what's being done. He's caring about what your response is in the midst of what's being done. Think about Christ. What was his response? Did he lash out? Did he call upon those demons? Did he call, I mean, not the demons, those angels to come and rescue him? Oh my God. Help me, Lord. But you hear me. Hear my heart. I know it's a bit childish. I know what I'm talking about is a bit kind of like, oh, what are we in preschool again? But it's true. It really flush, plays out and it will play out in the future of our church. You will have opportunities to become offensive, of, offended, and, and, and even maybe start to lose that love and that interest that puts you in these seats in the first place. But I, you know what I found in my life and my journey with Christ? It's not necessarily what's being done to me that's maybe creating that offense. It's about how I'm responding. And you know what? When I start to check my response, I, I, I start to understand, oh, oh God, you're trying to do something in me. Like, like I'm thinking, they're the problem. And I'm the problem, and you're trying to get something, a hold of, and, and correct and transform something inside of me. And you're using this thorn, you're using this brother and sister and the Lord to do that. But iron sharpens iron, guys. We are going to find that we are going to add to one another, and we are going to challenge one another. You're going to be provoked, hopefully, and offended. I love this. It's not a scripture verse. One time I said it was. I'm so sorry to the person I said it was. Too. I'm still trying to get right. <laughs> all you Bible scholars out here, all you John Pipers, I know you're by the droves in this audience tonight. Um, <laughs> I love John Piper. I really do. I listen to more of him than I do anybody else. Um, uh, there was this verse that an old worship leader used to sing that I fell in love with. His name was Kevin Prosh. Um, and he, he sang this one lyric. I used to think it was a scripture verse. Don't even know how I got there from there. I was young, you know. Um, 
And he said this, you, uh, you offended my mind, but you revealed my heart. And, and sometimes church is just like that. There's a lot of traffic that happens up here. There's a lot of chances for that traffic and that information and that data to get confused and broken down. I can't believe they're saying this about me. What's going on? Like, but you know what? If you let the process kind of just work its way out, you find that God is trying to get a hold of something in you. And if you're open to that process, if you're open to, you know, exposing your heart before the Lord and not going quick to let your mind be offended, man, you will see glorious things happen. You will see wondrous things happen. Guys, we were meant for one another. I was meant for you. You were meant for me. Together we are a perfect family. I'm sure somewhere it's a song. Um, Love, love, love. Listen, good sex comes from great love. Everything in between, everything in life happens the best. It happens the fullest when love is on inside of us. When love is red hot and we don't allow ourselves to get jaded, offended, we live out the scripture, we go out to our brothers and sisters and say, hey, listen, you hurt me here. Can we talk? Can we mend this thing together? We start living out the Bible, this church will explode. I know we pray for a revival a lot, but right there is revival. It's just a family loving one another, growing in the things of God together. It's not perfect, sometimes it's scary. But man, if love is at front, ah, la, 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 that's nice, yes, thank you. We'll make it through a lot of storms. But getting back to the family and evangelism and thinking about winning the loss, listen, there's one thing that is the most attractive in churches, and that's when unsafe people see a loving people. They see a loving people, loving one another, because you know what? It's rare. It's rare. It's rare to see it. It's, it's, it's a bit dysfunctional in the world. They've, we've even tasted of that dysfunction, some of us. And we know what it's like to kind of finally come into a family that really loves one another. And it just is so attracting. It's so appealing. And there's something that God does in the midst of it. But Jesus said to this, my command to you is that you would love one another, that the world would know that I sent you. Is it that easy? Yes, it's that easy. You want to save lives? You, you want to see people come in to the knowledge of Christ? Start loving your brother and sister. I'm not just talking about tolling around the word, throwing around once and twice, but really making an effort. Listen, if you have a hard time loving, do stuff intentionally. <laughs> That's what I do. You know, If I'm having a hard time with somebody, I'll, say, I'll do something intentionally. Say, okay, yeah, I don't like that person, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get this. I'm going I'm to go do that. And I'm just going to do it. And it's going to go against uh, that thing inside of me that just, uh, I want to ring this person. Some of them would probably ring me back. It would be ugly. I'd be, I'd be destroyed. But, but you get what I'm saying, right? Listen, we want to see people come into the kingdom of God. Let's love one another. Let's love one another good. Let's love one another. Let's lay our lives down for one another. Some of you guys are so hyped up, strung up on revival talk and speech. Listen, you don't understand. It's one step away of just loving your brother and sister in Christ. It's that easy. 
It's that easy. My command to you is that you would love one another, that the world would know that I sent you. Those are Jesus' words. Those are Christ's words. So that's what I want to see as a church. I want us to be a loving people, not just in word, but in duty, in deed, in action. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for truth. I thank you for your word, and I thank you for these people. And God, as we journey um, throughout these weeks, and as we um, unpack the specifics of this series, and as we hit different topics, oh God, I just ask, Lord, more than anything, that you would transform us into the image of Jesus, Lord. Places where we are not a loving people. Places where we know, God, we are even convicted and challenged by the Spirit of God. Lord, I ask today that we would do in things intentionally. Lord, that we would step out and step in, God, to, to uh, be Christ in the earth and to love even what we deem or we see as unlovable and annoying. God, we ask, Father, that Hilltop Church would be so attractive in the area of love God, we ask, Lord, that our love would be rich, our love would be meaningful, our love would be deep, and it would make a lasting impression upon this city. In Jesus' name, amen.